Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Tech Talk, y'all. It's season 11, episode 294. I'm Sanjay Park. I like that double y'all you started with. Uh, I'm Adam Walker. I I threw Uh, myself off with the double y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Tech Talk, y'all. And we're going to talk to y'all about the things that y'all care about. That's what we're going to do today. So, uh, yeah, listen, um, man, I like, I don't even know. I think this is probably the most articles we've ever tried to go through in a single episode. Like, I'm just, so it's like, just, like, just, but, and, and I'll say this, like, they're all really good and really interesting. And, like, not, like, like, there's some weeks that we come to TikTok, y'all are like, oh man, we got to talk about this again. And, like, none of those are like that at all. Like, none of them. Like, they're all very interesting articles. So, like, we, yeah. we got a lot. We're, we're coming it's, at you with a lot. I mean, five weird and wacky. I mean, oh my gosh. I just counted it's 17 articles in the main uh, yeah. section and then the five weird yeah. and wacky. And then, of course, Tech Rex that everybody this, loves. This is going to be worth your time. And we're going to have some fun together along the way. So, let, let's yep. just, let's just dive in. Um, you 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 tag this for you got to start this one. I, don't I even know I this did. Guy. This I one this is guy. a very sad and unfortunate article. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Mitnick, once the most wanted computer outlaw, dies at uh, fifty nine. He passed mm. away from uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, mm. I did not know he was. I don't think anybody knew actually that he was uh, battling pancreatic cancer. Right. Um, but yeah, he passed away. His uh, his wife is expecting their first child who he's not going to meet, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but I met Kevin years ago at a talk at MailChimp. And it's funny because you think I'm security minded. This dude <laughs> scared yeah, me. But th- yeah, but this guy, like, I mean, he's the guy that hacked and like stole like what 200,000 credit card information. 20, like he didn't 20, use it. 20,000. Like gained did all, access to them. Gained he, access. He actually yeah, I mean, he, he did, no, he didn't say he gained access, but he yeah. did all kinds of crazy stuff. And like I was reading the article. It was so crazy that like, he did all this stuff and then he was the most wanted guy. And then like he was he was like checking the police scanners and knew they were closing in. So he left the police a box of donuts at his house when they closed in on. And then like yeah. he taunted some other hacker and then pissed that hacker off. So then that hacker joined the hunt against this guy to help capture him. And like it's like very like yeah. movie-esque sort of stuff. Like it was it was crazy. So so Kevin um did end up going to jail, federal prison actually. Yeah. Um for wire fraud. Uh, and he spent a few years there. And then when he came out, uh, he wasn't allowed to use a computer or phone for some number of years. Mm. Uh, but I think he was allowed to use it to start writing a book uh, using the computer. Uh, he eventually ended up starting a security firm that helps organizations uh, right, protect right. themselves. Yeah. I actually, I I know I've got his um, business card here somewhere, <laughs> but he used to hand out metal business cards, full metal. Yeah. And the card itself was actually a lock, pick, lock picking kit. What? So you could actually punch out the tools and it was a full lock pick kit. It was oh pretty, my gosh. That's pretty cool. amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. I need that in my life. Yeah. I need that business card. Like that sounds <laughs> all right. Well, uh, moving, moving to that, but we got a lot to get there. Moving to the next thing. The Biden administration is tackling smart devices with a new secure cybersecurity label. So There will be a label on the devices. Uh, it's kind of a doofusy sort of logo. If I'm being honest, like it's not a great logo, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like in, in relation to the previous article, they should rename this thing like yeah. the Mitnick label yeah. and, and have a picture of him or something on there. Right. I think that yeah. would be like a thumbs up or something. A, yeah. A but good homage. It's, uh, to him. it's also going to include a QR code where you can go to get more information about like, is this product still meeting the cybersecurity guidelines or not? Because, you know, it, it, maybe it does it first and then does it later. But this is going to be for things like smart home devices, refrigerators, stuff like that, just to kind of help you understand what all they can do. And what all they are, I guess, not going to be able to do to kind of keep you safe. So any any additional thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, I think this is a great idea for consumers because it's really hard to understand and know for the average consumer if a product is going to get software updates, is it going right. to be protected? Right. Um, have they done all the things that as a base level that they should be doing right. to keep you safe? Because a lot of people are buying just these random products and then they're just really not safe. And we've talked about this before. So many IoT products that are out there that are unsafe, unsecured, uh, like, not getting software patches, you know, like yeah. all of these things. And so I or think like this the ones, is a really good idea. Or like the ones that have a microphone that they don't disclose that they have a microphone <laughs> in them, like those, you yeah, know, and no, then you're, and then they come out with this feature that includes a microphone. They're like, wait, what? It's been a mic. It's been in my house this whole time. Yeah. Like that, that's the Listening thing the this yeah. whole time. It's, it's gone. So, it's gone. Yeah. So yeah. So talking about uh, reporting security flaws, uh, Google says an employee, an Apple employee found a zero day, that's a zero day exploit and did not report it. Mwah, mwah. I mean, it, I don't know. I, I read the article and I'm like, I'm not sure how correct that, like it was, it was about a four week lag between finding it or whatever. Apparently he said he was like trying to track down the full, like, and understand the fullness of it and then go through the proper channels. I, yeah. I, I feel like this is a two sides to every story sort of situation. I'm just yeah, saying. The like, thing I don't know. is, uh, you don't really need to go through proper channels. Like, you can just report bugs like this uh, directly. Okay. That's true. Um, because That's true. if you You're look right. at the end of the article, the person that actually did report it because they were afraid the other person did not report it, even mm. though they were not the ones that found the bug, yeah. they ended up getting a $10,000 bug bounty. Uh, for reporting the issue. And, and that dude's dumb for not reporting it, man. I'd have reported that like a half a second after finding it. Like, I, can I report something right now? Anybody got a bug? Yeah, I mean, I see why they kept it to themselves at first because it was a capture the flag hackathon. So mm. there was a prize involved. So you want to use an exploit that nobody else knows about and be able to capture the flag. Right. And then right afterwards, you should report it. You should report That the is bug. the right yeah. thing to do. That's the right thing to even do. Even if it's not your company. Speaking of uh, companies... In the right thing to do? I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not, but it's interesting. Uh, Meta is giving away its AI tech to try to beat ChatGPT. I mean, everybody wants to beat ChatGPT. Like, that's the that's the new golden standard. Like, beat ChatGPT at all costs. Yep. And so Meta's like, gonna, I mean, they're they're open sourcing their AI tech to, uh, to try to ramp it up faster. I, I don't know. Is this a smart move? What do you think? Maybe? I, I, yes, I think so. I mean... Okay. You know, like a lot of the discussion around some of these open source models that have been able to make such uh, progress is because there was data that was leaked early on mm. from some of the closed source models. Um, and that's what's kind of pushed everything forward. And I think we've seen this time and time again in that, um, you know, if it's a monopoly, if only one company has access to it because they're the only ones that are able to spend all this money to yeah. develop the tech, is right. that it plateaus at some point. Yeah. Whereas when there's competition, things keep getting pushed forward. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I think yeah. that's a good thing. And um, I think some other uh, articles we're about to talk about kind of yeah, relate go, to that go. as Let's well. Yeah, go. Let's do it. This uh, is scary. Next up, Worm GPT, the generative AI tool cyber criminals are using to launch BEC attacks. BEC standing for business email compromise, I believe, um, is what that is. So basically what they're doing is they're using these AI tools to, because a lot of them don't uh, write in the language that they are attacking the person in mm. so they can write their uh, threatening emails in their own language and then use a GPT function to translate it into the native language of the oh, victim. So bummer. that's not ideal, but no. this is, I mean, it's the, it's just, an, it's just another example of, of, of AI going poorly so that people can do 
heinous things with it. I mean, there's going to be more and more of it. And that's, yeah. just, that's just another example. But maybe so, if people yeah. have more access to AI, they can defend themselves from AI. AI versus AI. Well, speaking of more access to AI, uh, Apple preps Ajax generative AI, quote, Apple GPT, to rival OpenAI and Google. So apparently everybody's in the AI game now, including Apple. I don't... I, I don't everybody's in the AI. I don't know that I understand why like how this is going to benefit apple in this i'm sure they have a plan obviously they get it like apple they're gonna they're gonna build a car that's got ai in it and have you did you watch that show uh class of 09 by the way not yet not yet it's on my oh. list though it's on my list yeah so you got to watch that because okay. then yeah. the the reference that i'm making right here with the car and the ai yeah uh, it makes a lot more sense okay uh, so yeah yeah be careful so uh, they're gonna I'm build night rider gonna is that what you're telling me they're gonna build night rider they're gonna build night rider Evil Knight Rider, maybe? I don't know. Apple's going to build Evil Knight well, Rider? I, well, I don't know. Maybe it could become an evil, <laughs> evil Knight Rider. All know. right. All right. All I'm right. just saying, Class of 09, it might be Evil Knight Rider. Is, uh, all right. <laughs> and then uh, last up in our GPT kind of block here, or AI block, FTC opens investigation into chat GPT maker over technology's potential harms. Mm -hmm. Huh. Go figure. So uh, now I wonder if that lawyer that wrote the uh, thing that was made up of fake cases is going to jump on this. <laughs> I mean, well, now, like, but I mean, this is just like OpenAI is now like it's with the tech giants now. Like, you're, congratulations. You're now being, you know, uh, investigated by the government. You yep. you made it. Like, that's how you know you've made it as a tech company. Like, that's it. You, you made you, it. You're in the stratosphere. You're winning. For, that's yeah. winning right there. So, you know. So what's interesting here is, is, you know, if you compare this to what Facebook has done or the open source AI models, there's really nobody to sue if there is harms that yeah. are created by those models, right? Because right. There's, there's no company. It's right. just a bunch of people. What are you going to do? Are you going to sue the individual people for just helping build the thing? Like, Man, I have no idea on that one. That's, yeah. I mean, fortunately, I'm not a lawyer and I don't care. So that works out really well for me. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't have an opinion at all on that. So, but kids, um, if you want to be a lawyer, maybe the AI, yeah. I wonder if there's like an AI specialty in law now. Like, are probably they, are they, there's going to be, there, there won't be, now, there's not yet, but there will be. There's not sure. yet. Yeah. So if you're going to law school now or thinking about it in the future, maybe you should be an AI specialist of Carve some out sort. your own, your own niche, man. That's yeah. What it there is. you go. The AI I, lawyer. <laughs> Next no, that's, up, uh, that's we're going to talk about smartphones for a bit. Uh, the tech that could make the iPhone 15 last hours longer and change phones forever. So apparently Apple and also I think Samsung yeah. are re-engineering the way batteries have been built for years and years and years and years. And uh, theoretically, it's going to provide more life, right? Yeah, more more power in the same form factor. Yep. Um, so essentially, the, the, the gist of it is is the batteries that we have right now, they use a winding technology. So they wrap a electrolyte around itself, uh, mm -hmm. kind of wind up the whole thing. Instead, now they're going to a stacking technology. Mm -hmm. um, and the challenge has been making it small enough doing the stacks. So this technology has been used in larger uh, batteries for vehicles and things like that, yeah. know, electric vehicles, but they've not been able to do it in small form factors. And I guess they've figured that out somehow. Okay. And, and they're stacking it instead of winding it. Man, and I'm that, all for some better battery life. Like I really like I like I like I, I hate having to travel and always carry a backup battery with me just in case. Yeah. You know, like it's like it's that extra layer of stress. It's like, ah, I don't like Am that. I gonna so, run out of power? Am I gonna well and like now, like even you know, I just I just recently traveled 
uh, yep. and took a flight. And like, you know, my my ticket's on my phone. So then it's like, am I going to run out of power and not have access to my ticket? You know, like that right. would be a problem. Or like, or like, you know, when you get there and you're going to ride share to the place, like you have to have your phone working and you have to have battery for that. And like, you know, what happens if you don't? And there's just so many factors that depend so on So I got to ask you, when you were on the plane, how many of your crazy seatmates just plugged their phone straight into the USB port without any production? Um, I actually don't. I maybe saw one person do it. Um, now I really? used, okay. yeah, no, you'll be proud. Um, I didn't even use the little data blocker. I actually used my actual plug, my like Boom. My plug and plugged it into the back of the seat and then plugged into that. So like, I didn't even need the data blocker, which was great. Yeah. So hey, every um, seat has like that. that nowadays. I feel yeah. like at least on Delta. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every Delta uh, seat. I, does, I see yeah. it. So it's like, yeah, yeah just it's right at your feet. The plug's right at your feet. You get like, most people don't really notice it. it. Like I did it and somebody, somebody looked at it like, oh, I didn't even know there was a plug there. And I'm like, yeah, there's been one there forever. So it, yes, right at your feet. It's, it's right got a green light seat. on it. Like it's yeah. pretty noticeable. It's I a thought. green light. Yeah, yeah. Take the green light. <laughs> take the green light. Yeah. Uh, something else that's getting a green light. It's official. Smartphones will need to have replaceable batteries by 2027. Dude, I love Bring this. Bring it. Like, Bring it. I love this. I mean, specifically, I love this because like batteries are the main reason that you end up having to get a new phone like half the time. Like it like like that's the that's the limiting factor. So that's that's one thing. But I feel like the more we dig into batteries with, you know, with electric vehicles and everything else, we've got to have a way to recycle these things. And right now, I mean, I've got phones. I've got I've got a bunch of old phones in my drawers that are probably worth fifteen dollars for me to send them in. And it's like, I don't even bother to send them in because like, I just yeah. don't do anything with them. So if they had replaceable batteries though, maybe yep. I could just at least recycle those and it's just going to be better for the, it's going to be better all around for yeah. users, for the environment, everything. So a uh, couple of quotes from this article, because I think this is important. We're focusing on phones, but it says it will also change all tablets, laptops, EVs, e-bikes, and anything else with a rechargeable battery. So this uh, this Whoa. is in Europe, obviously, but I've, these changes don't obviously just apply to Europe. Uh, it's going to impact everybody because nobody's going to make just a phone for yeah. Europe well, I mean, it's like when California Europe. does something and it has to roll right. out to the whole country. So it's right. the same idea. Yeah, because it's it's enough consumers. It's just like okay, forget it. We'll just do it everywhere. So well, I didn't this, realize this is like tablets, laptop, everything. That's amazing. Anything with a rechargeable battery, yeah. has to be changeable. Wow. Right? So that is a big deal. Um, there's another quote that I think is important too. Uh, it says, uh, remember that consumers expect certain things from smartphones nowadays, which means that OEMs can't just go back to the old way of doing things. An IP68 rating, which is how waterproof it is, will yeah. be very difficult to obtain while still offering a premium feeling device with an easily replaceable battery, for example. These are hurdles that OEMs will need to get over to be in compliance. Mm. So. I think that's one of the challenges why early on you had these sealed phones because people wanted to make them waterproof yeah. because yeah. a bunch of dummies like to go swimming with their phones or something. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, forget or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like Drop people it in the scoot, toilet. like people uh, uh, snorkeling with their phones with no cases. <laughs> so crazy. Y'all are crazy. Whatever. Uh, I saw so, it. Yeah. I saw it. They're, they're going to have to figure that out because yeah. Yeah. You, you guys have trained people to take their phones into yeah. the ocean. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, there yeah. you go. All right. Uh, next up, first Tesla Cybertruck to roll off the line. Looks like it has a misaligned door. Um, yeah, so just so many thoughts. Number one, I still think the Cybertruck <laughs> is so ugly, like just so ugly. 
I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the appeal. I just don't, I don't get it. I, I don't, it's okay. Uh, number two. Yeah. It kind of does look like it has a misaligned door. And number three, I'm honestly not that surprised because Tesla has a lot of known quality control issues, uh, both inside and out. And they look super nice, but they have a lot of quality issues. Um, yeah. so, so dig into it. There's another article that I didn't tag that I saw about the Cybertruck that apparently uh, there's some pictures floating around of it using its ginormous windshield wiper. So it's got one gigantic <laughs> windshield wiper. <laughs> I need to see which, that. by the way, does not clean the entire windshield. Of course there's not. There's a no. very good portion of the passenger side that yeah. it does not clean. Well, we don't care about the passengers. So we're fine. <laughs> yeah, we don't. The passengers so don't they, they had it in yeah. like mud or something and then the windshield wipers doing a thing right and yeah so the passenger can't see then yeah and wow there you go. okay that's yeah i i, I, so I know thoughts. i'm not getting I don't even one know. of these i will so. not be buying one of these ever 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 yeah ever. i i you know i like the movie tron i don't want to live in the in movie tron <laughs> i'm not buying one of these <laughs> yeah. yeah totally yeah totally agree but what I do like is Signal, and uh, Signal's president is saying something. Uh, Signal mm -hmm. president rejects mass surveillance UK law, and in fact, doesn't just reject the law, says if it goes into effect, they will leave the UK. They will yeah. not support yeah. their app anymore in the United Kingdom. Yeah, and it's important. It, she's totally right. Uh, she says that they're trying to say like, hey, you need to give us a backdoor yep. into the encryption so we can see what people are saying. It's like, well, but then it's breakable. Like that's well, not that, a thing. Well, she, she basically says it's mathematically impossible to do that. I yeah. mean, she said it's literally impossible. To, I mean, that that's not encryption at that point, right? Yeah, it's not. So it's not possible to do it. And she's like, look, we're just, we're just going to close it down in the UK. Like y'all just yeah. can't use our product anymore. Sorry. That's it. We're yeah. out. And, and a lot of their own people do use it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've talked to people that are in military and folks like that here in the U S and they use signal because oh, yeah. they're like it, it's safe. It's great. So, it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. There you mm. go. All right. Speaking of things that are maybe not as safe as you would like, like, I don't know, military emails. Uh, typo leaks millions of U.S. military emails to Molly web server or web operators. So this is uh, so military emails have the uh, whatever, you know, dot M-I-L for military, M-I-L, right? Yeah. And, the t TLD, top, top level domain. Yeah. The top level TLD. domain is dot M-I-L. Yep. But the the Molly uh, web top-level domain is ML. And so if you're emailing somebody, you know, maybe about some military stuff and you forget that I in the middle of the M-I-L, then it's going to not go to them and it's going to go to somebody totally different and they're going to be able to read all your stuff. And so that's really bad and kind of scary. Yeah. So, so a, a Dutch internet entrepreneur has been contracted to manage their email, their, their domain, Molly's domain, but it is going back to Molly uh, soon after yeah. a 10 year, uh, management contract expires, I think coming up next year, like really soon. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. this, this entrepreneur, Johannes Zerbier, he's man, Dutch. that was a great I, reading I, his name. I, so well done. I, I'm, I'm sure very I, impressed. I massacred that. I am very, yeah, no, sorry, I love, Johannes. I love Zerbier's man. That's a great name. Zerbier. Just, yeah. Zerbier. Zer, there's Zer, two Zer, U's Zer, after the Z. <laughs> uh, he's been trying to get contact with somebody being like, Hey, I'm getting this lots of emails yeah. that you should not be sending to this domain. Right. Um, like people's itineraries of generals going places and uh -huh. all their room plans and where they're staying and like things that really should not be out there. Really scary and, stuff. To oh, be by the way, public. the country of Mali is somewhat aligned with the country of Russia. So, oh, yeah. 
we not should, ideal. We should fix this like yeah. real soon. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Something else that should be fixed because I don't know that I like this is the mm. quiet rise of real time crime centers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you read this entire article. It's pretty I sk- long. I skimmed it pretty well. I, I got the gist of it. You know, real time crime centers being like essentially mass surveillance, right? Yep. Uh, for lack of a better way to put it. And it started in kind of London and New York, and now it's expanded to like, oh, I don't know, everywhere. And uh, you're under mass surveillance, like a lot of times in these major cities. And that's kind of creepy. A little yeah. creepy. And you um, you're actually under surveillance by roaming cameras as well, because think about all those autonomous vehicles. Oh, yeah. Or even non-autonomous vehicles like mm-hmm. Tesla, mm-hmm. who are streaming all of that data all the time. Yeah, they've been subpoenaed multiple times for... Mm-hmm camera stuff when crimes happen because I, they want all the stuff around that thing. I mean, I, I feel like we're, we're very close to like some of those dystopian, like we can see everything you're doing at all times through drones and satellites, sort of like enemy of the state sort of thing, you know, like we're not that far from that. And like, yeah. I'm all for like reduced crime and fighting crime with technology. I'm all for yeah. that stuff. But like, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a threshold where we start to cross against privacy and and there's no walking that back at that point like it were yeah and we may be past it i don't know totally and i've not read the book but totally george orwell uh 1984 kind (laughs) of thing yeah like Uh uh-huh um it's a little bit concerning in this next one uh yeah the next one is far more concerning like way like scary 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 concerning so france set to allow police to spy through phones. And so this article claims now, I mean, obviously all I got the article here claims that the police will be able to activate phones, cameras and microphones remotely and GPS and GPS for people that they're spying on. So imagine like the police can just like randomly activate your camera on your laptop or on your phone or your webcam, wherever, or your, your Google home camera that's looking at your kitchen or hopefully not, but could be in your bedroom. Like there's so many bad, 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 scary things here. Like I, the privacy side is just terrifying. Yeah. You, you might really not want to have permanent cameras inside your home. Right. Uh, cause it, it, it's getting scarier. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I, I'll tell you the cameras that I use for uh, the house on the outside, um, are cameras that don't stream, uh, video or content anywhere okay. out to the web or to the yeah. cloud. It's right. local only. Okay. So okay. If you want to tap my cameras, you got to break into my house. It's a wiretap first. Yeah. And then you got to break into my cameras. And oh, by the way, I got two firewalls. Yeah, you do. And a microphone. Two, 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 two firewalls and a microphone. Where's that? Oh, man, we think way too much alike sometimes. It's I know, just, right? It's <laughs> genuinely terrifying. <laughs> Woo! Okay. Okay, next last one, up in the uh, security block here that we've got, tax preparers that shared private data with Meta, Google could be fined billions. Billion, $1,000 per shared record. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And a prison term of up to one year, by the way. Yeah, that's some uh, bad news. Yeah, yeah tax preparers shouldn't be sharing that stuff. Like, we so, shouldn't be sharing the private data. Yeah, it's not clear where the content, the data went, but uh, TaxLayer and H&R Block, as well as Tax Act, mm. had beacons on their website, and they weren't just saying to Google and Meta, this person is logged in. 
No, they were sending all of your tax information, your details over to Google and Meta. No. And it's not clear where that was saved, oh. how it's being used, if it's still saved, or what is going on. So Man. that's right, not great. Listen, I'm just going to, since, since, since Google is obviously scraping uh, all the audio that we put out there, I'm just going to tell you right now, Google, mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything. Like, I got, I got nothing for you, Google. Like, I, <laughs> I'm just... I'm ta- it's all these kids. I'm just tapped out. Just so you know, Google, I got like, that's it. So don't, don't show me no ads. I got nothing. These kids. But, but, but you got the cameras on them. So <laughs> I got the cameras on the kids. <laughs> cameras on the kids. All right. Uh, we, we, should, we should put head cams on all the kids. That's what, I, that's what I'm going to do. Have your own that's, that's surveillance doing. network in the house. I'm doing it next week. Next week. Okay. So, awesome. Uh, before school starts. Um, all right. So uh, two more <laughs> before we get to Weird and Wacky. And like I said, we got a plethora there too. Uh, Netflix's next act is investing in video games. So we've actually talked about this several times, but like they're doubling down even more. Like they've bought several video game houses. I think they've also started up some as well. I think the article said there's like 450 people in their video game division yep. now. And like, they might be kind of coming, like like going down that like Stadia route, but in a more sustainable, like realistic way yeah. to actually like, I don't know, get the market share and do something. So yeah, that, um, that was that was the comment in the article. Um, this also kind of surprised me because I didn't realize they were already this big. Um, there are some 67 games in the Netflix library right now, wow. playable through its iOS and Android apps. 86 more are in development with wow. 16 of those being made by in-house studios. Wow. So they've got Man. 70 being made by outside studios, but 16 in-house. And I wonder if that just continues to grow there. Oh, big time. Um, big and time. they did make the comment here that a lot of the games are kind of single player games. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, you do your own thing. You're not playing against other people. Right. Um, but I think eventually they're probably going to go down that path where it's multiplayer games because I, honestly, I think they're more addictive. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, you can are. play with friends as well, More fun, right? rather yeah. than yeah. just a time waste when you're sitting around waiting at the doctor's office or yeah. laying in bed or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Talking about time waste and maybe mm-hmm. at the doctor's office, Telly starts shipping its free ad supported 55 inch TVs. Adam, how many of these do you have on order? So I'm never going to have this, but this is, I, but I think you're going to see these in doctor's offices and dentists. I think, so office. I think these are, these are going to be the public facing TVs and bars and every, yep. every other place. Like, I mean, why not? Like if you own a physical space that people come to, you got a waiting room, you need a TV in there. Why not just take a free TV and throw some ads up there? Who cares? You know I mean, you don't care. So why not? You know? So I think, yeah, yeah. I think it's really smart actually. Yeah. Smart I think, um, yeah, it says uh, one month after telly opened its waitlist. I think we talked about this 250,000 people. Yeah. Oh, already yeah. signed up. Um, and I'm guessing that number has increased by then. So yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. I'm going to be interested to see one of these out in the wild but it's not going to be in my house ever. No, never. Never in my house. Time for the Weird and Wacky segment. Abominable snowman. Oh, not an axe murderer. One of the TAs turned out to be a bot. All right. First up in Weird and Wacky, woman in France hit by a suspected meteorite while drinking coffee on her porch. So uh, this woman heard a loud bang off the roof and then a pebble-sized rock pinged her in the chest. And uh, people are, well, she's convinced, people are convinced it's a meteorite, but some people are saying maybe it's not a meteorite. If it, if it was, I think she'd be like the second person, second person ever yeah. to be ever. hit by, like actually hit by a meteorite, like yeah. it, in history or in, in known history. So that's kind of cool. Um, it looks kind of meteorite-ish, like volcanic rock kind of stuff. It looks kind of cool, kind of interesting. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm not a, me, me, it wouldn't be a meteorologist, right? Because that's the weather people. Man, I don't know. I, yeah, you're, yeah, media, yeah, just scientist person. That's, uh, that's Sci- scientist. Yeah. I'm not a scientist person. I'm not so a scientist I can't tell person. if that's a meteor yeah. or not. Yeah. But I, I found it yeah. interesting I, because I did not know this random trivia. Um, so only one person has ever been confirmed hit by a meteorite. In 1954, Ann Hodges, a woman from Silakugujuga, something. Man, you're doing uh, great Alabama. on the names today, I, by I the am. way. Just crushing and, it. Yeah. This is local. This is Alabama. Yeah, you're this crushing name, it. Man. I get, yeah. yeah. She mm-hmm. was struck by an eight and a half pound no. meteorite that smashed through her roof and hit her radio before rebounding into her lower torso while she was sleeping, according to Smithsonian Magazine. Hodges was hospitalized and uh, developed a gigantic bruise on her side, but lived to tell the tale. But did she develop any superpowers? That's really what I need to know. Yeah, it doesn't cover the superpower bit. <sighs> Man. I would be disappointed if she did not. I mean, if you get hit by a meteorite, like you really should have some kind of superpowers. Like that's all I'm trying to say. Like, I, feel like I feel like you should not territory. have to buy a lottery ticket. You should just get a bunch of money. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I with mean, that. Yeah. come on. You're yeah. the first one ever. Um, it did say there were some reports of, of writings that people in like the 1800s might have also gotten hit, like two yeah. other people, but they're unconfirmed. We don't believe those from, 1800s people. I know. They're like, not trustworthy. Yeah. I, I think the 1800s were made up. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb. I wasn't there to see it, so I don't think it was there. Something else that's not there. Uh, AI resurrection of Brazilian singer for a car ad sparks joy and ethical worries. It's kind of back to the AI stuff that we were talking yeah, about I mean, before. Th- like, th- there's, this is no different than Star Wars having an AI-generated or a, a CGI-generated actor to replace an actor that had died in one of the right. recent movies. Like, this is the yep. same exact thing. And it was really well done. Like, I was yeah. very impressed with the commercials. So, I mean, it was yeah. obviously AI, um, but but barely obviously AI, you know? So, I think it, I think it's kind of great, you know? I and mean, this, this fam- the most famous Brazilian singer is doing a duet with her daughter. With her that's daughter, That's also right? famous. Um, like, that's super cool. I don't see the problem. I like, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I got plenty of ethical concerns, but that's not it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, obviously her daughter approved of this. Yeah, yeah, to, like, yeah. So I, What's the problem? I don't know. Yeah. I feel anyway. like it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this next one maybe is, is not okay or super, <laughs> I don't, I, this next one, I, I have mixed feelings about. So Hyundai puts speakers in its new electric car so you can blast fake engine noises around your neighborhood and you can see it in action. So I watched the video. Did you watch the video? Um, uh, yeah, I watched the, the video. Yeah. The car sounds like, like it's got, like, it's got this amazing, like super crazy, super sport engine. I mean, it just growl. Like it's like, it's wild, but it's, obviously it's all fake sounds. Right. Yeah. And like, and you, and all you have is the sound. You want to have the, like the rumble of an engine, like the vibration to go with it. So that'll be kind of weird. But like, they also, uh, in the same car, you can also like shift gears like you would in a manual car, even though uh, electric cars don't have gears. Like they don't do that. So like <laughs> right. you're, you're faking shifting gears, which I think right. like is kind of, and it can, it can spike up to like 600 something horsepower in short spurts too. So it's almost like a super sports car. Like I kind of love it, but I kind of really think it's super goofy and ridiculous. I, I hear enough people revving their engines and stuff. And I just, I, I want that stuff to end. Well, no, no, like, I don't care just, about the, the rev. I don't care. The sound. I don't care about It's actually, to me, it's the fake shifting that I think is kind of cool. Like, I think that's kind of yeah. neat. Uh, Cause it gives you that, maybe that extra degree of control, you know, but yeah, the, the audio maybe. just seems, d- seems dorky to me. It's like, yeah. it, it, it reminds me of like, like the, I'm sure you've seen the meme. Like there's a moped 
and there's the trombone player on the back, like playing like brr, brr, you know, like doing the <laughs> doing the slide, making the sound like it's this huge engine. The trombone can simulate a huge engine, and then it's just this little bitty moped that goes by. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but like I haven't that, seen that. That's that's what this reminds me. I'll find that YouTube link and I'll we'll put it in the show notes. It was yeah, it'll be amazing. Yeah. So anyway, talking about more uh, car stuff, a surprisingly simple way to foil car thieves. So uh, University of Michigan, they've come up with a way to actually fingerprint different electrical uh, buttons and knobs and things like that, and then have a authenticator that's inside of the vehicle uh, hidden away. And so you got to do this sequence of stuff to yeah. kind of unlock the vehicle before yeah. you start driving it away. And it's yeah. basically unhackable because it's electrical signals. Yeah. Uh, and you can't mimic that exact same thing. Yeah. I think I thought this was super fascinating because there are companies that have done things like this. We've got a, a startup here that has done the same kind of thing with um, voice printing. Uh, so Pindrop Securities here in Atlanta has done that for companies to verify that the person is who they say they are. And they're using the phone that belongs to them and not a fake AI voice on a fake phone uh, right. with a fake number. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's super interesting and in that we're using kind of low tech things. Very low tech. To yeah. authenticate these things that are a lot harder to bypass than the high tech things. So yeah. Yeah, this cool. is interesting. That said, I don't know if I want to get in the car and have to remember like, okay, windshield wiper on, flash the lights, turn on the radio, yeah, do the windshields again. Like, I don't know if I can remember all that. No, I'm, but I'm like, like so, so just to just to like paint the full picture to here too, just so everybody gets. It. So like, like there's uh, there's the signal from the battery to the starter, and essentially uh, one of the they, one of the wires they put this disruptor in, yeah. and if the connection's not made in that wire, the the battery cannot turn on the car fully. Right. And so, so like they, they, they have in the video, they have an example of like a dial pad that they can put into the car. If you wanted to have like a, a code or you can use your fingerprint, if you want to have a fingerprint thing, or like you said, like you could be like, like two clicks up, one click down one, one like flash your brights or something weird like that. Right. And then that, that unlocks the, that makes the, the wired connection to be able to actually crank the car. So yeah, like it's a really, it's a, it's, I mean, it's kind of ingenious, honestly, it's a really simple low tech solution uh, that keeps your car way safer than, I mean, almost anything else. So Wait, I mean, yeah. personally, I kind of like that instead of a, a keypad thing. Yeah. 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 Same, because the keypad same. thing makes it obvious that there's something. Yeah. There. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if it's like two clicks, whatever, like with your blinker, like nobody's gonna know that, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, so I, unless they look at you, why and then, does he always blink his clicker? Yeah, then, well, when you get it, when a guest gets in with you, they'll be like, "Man, Sanjay is a weird driver. He's the strange tick before he has to crank the car every time, you know? Like, so it'd be be really yeah, weird, weird habits. Weird every thing. time he gets yeah. in the car, he does the yeah. blinker a couple of times. <laughs> I'm not sure that that <clears throat> still works or what? Yeah. All right. Uh, last up. Uh, Bipartisan measure aims to force release of UFO records. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Um, I actually was listening to a podcast this morning, a news podcast, where they're interviewing the guy that's kind of like the UFO czar for all of the USA. And I, I would say it was a fascinating- I did not know we had a UFO czar. That, well, that's not, that's the unofficial title, but, but that's really what it is. Like he has, he has access to all of the unidentified phenomena, not, not just aerial, but also water, land, like all kinds of unidentified. And he said, he said, basically 98% of them are explainable. Like they're, they're legit explainable, but there's 2% that he's like, 
I have absolutely no idea what to make of these. One of them being like the pill sighting that the that the uh, the pilot the naval navy pilot yeah. saw over the water. Like that one, he's like, I have no idea what to make of that. And so, yeah. like, so all, all the, I mean, it, it there are there are a lot of records out there related yeah. to this stuff, and there are a lot of people that believe that the U.S. is hiding things and whatever else. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't know, but it, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. So, uh, a water UFO is that a woofo? <laughs> I, i've been wondering yes. this whole time ever yeah since you need to it. you need to coin you need to go by wufo.com bar wufo.ml before you can't buy, <laughs> buy it anymore <laughs> uh, all those misdirected wufo.ml emails tech wreck tech wreck time to get your tech wreck tech 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 wreck chicky chicky tech wreck all right, Sanjay, it's tech wreck time. What do you have for us this week? I have got an app that I've been searching for for the longest time. And no. this is one that I love. What? Uh, and it's built the way that I love it. So it's called Card Pointers. Okay. Uh, what's fascinating is this is one dude that has built this whole thing. I've been talking with him. So I've got a bunch of different credit cards and they all have different offers. So the main ones that have offers are American Express and Chase. Yep. There are some services out there that will sign you up for all the offers that they give you, and it's unique per card member, but they have to take your credentials from you. Card Pointers, what they built, is an add-on for Chrome that you just log into your account, either on Amex or Chase, and it will automatically add all the offers into your card. And then the app you go to and say, I'm about to buy from this store, which credit card will give me the best return on rewards? And it will tell you that. And huh. it'll tell you if there's an offer. Like, for example, I did not realize there's a 10% back at Panera right now uh, on one of my cards. So now I know, like, hey, when I, if I go to Panera, make sure I use that card because 10% back, free money right there. Okay. So I tried it. Uh, I tried the premium for three days. What's interesting, and I hadn't asked the founder about this, it says it's $50 a year, but on the Google Play Store, it charged me only $40 for the year. And so I'm in. So with the, the paid, yeah, I, I went ahead and paid. I think it's really well done. With the paid version, you get to do uh, unlimited number of cards of the same type that mm -hmm. you want. So like the kids have American Express too. So I've been able to add them all on there. It'll add all of the uh, offers onto all of the cards then for me. Um, and I think it does like one or two other things. And I was like, yeah, it's good enough. And 40 bucks, I should be able to make 40 bucks back in a year yeah. just from the rewards that this yeah. thing adds up to me. And I'll tell you, it added in, I'm going to open up my rewards right now. So it, I added in all my rewards from all of my cards and it, it says I've got 1,391 active offers. Total value of all those offers is $128,567. There's no way I would have clicked 1,391 offers to say add to card, add to card, add to card manually. Yeah. So this thing did it totally automatically huh. and I love it. So there you go. I mean, nice in all fairness, thing. I think you'll make the $40 back just from the Panera thing. Like you probably spend $400 a week at Panera, right? I, I think easily, I feel like that's about right. Easily. So, yeah. So, I mean, you got that. like bagels just overflowing out I, of every nook got, and cranny of your house. Like just bagels, ba it's just bagels central. out of my ears. It's bagel central there. Yeah. <laughs> this is bagel city, man. <laughs> I like that's, it. That's I my like new it. business. Bagel okay. city. Okay. Bagels coming out of your ears. All what right. about you, Adam? Do you have something to help me deal with cutting all those bagels? I mean, I got something that could help you think through it, maybe. Uh, so it's a it's a website, uh, pi.ai, pi and it's just like this little, uh, like there's not even a login. 
And basically, it, it it's kind of like an online coach that sort of like helps you understand like why, you know, like so it, it basically asks you sort of tougher questions um, as you're sort of thinking through things to help you think through them at a deeper level. I mean, very much the same way that a coach would do that sort of thing. So it's it's kind of a fascinating um, a little service. I, I've kind of tinkered with it just a little bit, but it's like, you know, I ask you like, how's your day going? Um, what, you know, what goals do you have? Why do you have those goals? You know, who are you trying to serve with those goals? I mean, just like just digging deeper into things to kind of give you more context, better things. So it looks like you're playing with it right now, Sanjay. So what do you think? I, I am. It's uh, it's uh, really encouraging me to start this bagel company. Uh, it likes my ambition uh, of starting, <laughs> of going big. And, and it tell me, it's telling me that I, to get started, I need to figure out things like my menu, my marketing, my location, and much yeah. more. Yeah. Do you have experience in the food or restaurant business? No, I don't. I, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so while you're away. while you're talking about a bagel business, I typed into it that I was going to start a podcast. His response is a podcast. That's exciting. Are you planning <laughs> to start a podcast? A podcast, or are you already working on one? It's the, if it's the former, then let's talk about what it takes to make a great podcast. If it's the latter, let's talk about your current process and how I might be able to help. What's your podcast about? I mean, so it's like it's like this. It, it's it's kind of fascinating, right? Yeah. I feel like it's very excitable because uh, it's, it's very excited about the bagel company and also about podcasting. Yeah, well, and I said, I, it asked me what the podcast was about. I said, it's about technology news and its response was, tech news, great choice. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I could have said bagels. It would have been like, bagels, great choice. <laughs> it's a podcast about bagels. Podcast Specifically about, about cream cheese that I use in my bagels and which ones I, I'm liking in the moment. That's the that's it. So it's I, the, cream. the podcast name is called The Cream. <laughs> I, we got to start this now. That's the newest Edgewise podcast. <laughs> the Cream. Uh, yeah, we're going to explore all the different types of cream cheese and where they should be, which bagels they should be used on. So I mean, obviously, yeah, what, what, what are the proper pairings? I mean, cinnamon bagels, you got to be careful with the cinnamon bagel, because if you go with like a like a chives cream cheese, that's just, that's, that's just I was going to say the same thing. That is just can't wrong. do that. That's wrong. Like you can't put onions on. Yeah, cinnamon. it's that's a plain cream. That's a plain cream cheese situation. I, Everybody I feel knows like that. I feel like we should make some 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 uh, kind of artisanal. <laughs> cream cheeses like flavors that don't exist <laughs> so like kit kat like, flavored cream cheese because we love kit kat on this show that's that is interesting <laughs> but i was gonna say you know i've never seen a sunflower uh, sour, uh cream cheese like Ooh, sunflower flavored yeah little, little seediness of yeah like sunflower seed cream cheese yeah that could be great or like we could go down like the path where like they have the other other like in other countries they have like these ice cream flavors that like you and i would balk at like like corn flavored ice cream so we could have like Corn flavored cream cheese. Like that could be interesting, right? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, you eat corn chips. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not corn cream cheese? So now it's asking me, is this an educational podcast or an entertainment podcast? I'm, wow. I'm not, I don't know. Is this ed educational or is this an entertaining? <laughs> I, it's educational for the ones that don't appreciate our humor. <laughs> it got, it was educational for the, for the rest. For the first 80%, I feel like it was educational this episode. Now we're just fully on the entertaining. <laughs> like we're just, it's off the rails. We're gone. We're talking about nothing. Everybody's already off. Like it would, there's nobody listening now anymore. It's, it's so. only the one person that wants to hear the little do, 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 do. All right, end. listen, if That's you're it. still listening, I need you to message me in some form or fashion, if you know us, with the words, where's Waldo? Like, that's all I need. Just where's Waldo? And then we'll know you got to this point Wait, in the podcast. No, it should be where's Waldo's cream cheese. Okay, where's Waldo's cream cheese? That works. Yeah. There you go. Done.
Doo-doo-doo.